0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 329 my name's dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we end our examination of the bbc's jonathan strange and mr norrell and we are recording the day before thanksgiving so i think we do this every year because of parent conferences which i assume went well for you
1: yeah yeah they went well so I think maybe next year I will arrange my schedule for conferences as, as you used to. There you go. Which is <laughs> doing the, the one afternoon that you have to do and then taking a day off for the rest of it.
0: Uh, uh, look, you said your kid's county doesn't even have parent conferences anymore. And right. I think that's more the trend than not, that if you need to talk to the kid's teacher, email him, call them. Uh, there's very little that can't be solved that way. So
1: yeah, and, you know, well, it's it's great uh, meeting the parents and talking to them. I teach, you know, three sections of AP, and almost all these kids are top-notch students. And not that there's nothing to worry about with these kids, but as far as their academic progress, there's really nothing to worry about, you know. And um, so it's it just becomes a, a conversation, which is, again, it's nice um, – but it's they're very you know it goes really long. Uh, you, you have to do like thirty six conferences. Yeah, you know, well, it's nice to meet the parents. You don't really very rarely do you actually have something of concern to talk about. There's maybe out right. of the thirty six, there's probably like maybe three or four kids. And again, like I said, those are can be arranged. You meet after school or something like that, and it's done and um, you know ready for. Ready for Thanksgiving. I got my turkey thawing in the fridge. Got um gonna go out to the store later, get all all the other materials we need. Got my college student at home so I can make him do stuff if he ever wakes up.
0: So Well that sounds cool. Yeah. We only have to travel like six minutes and you know, they know who we are, so they just say, Ah, just bring cheese and crackers and some chips and you guys are good to go. So cool anyway so yeah i'm looking forward to that will they, will they send you home situ- with some leftovers um sometimes you know it's usually a pretty big crowd uh, now they do make two turkeys they deep fry one which is nice. more about the uh brothers standing outside uh-huh. drinking beer yeah. and periodically looking at the turkey hoping hoping not to set the house on fire but <laughs> uh, generally a pretty good time so Anyway, all right. Well, listen, we want to thank all the patrons. And if you're interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, you can go to our website. And there's a link at the top right of the page. That's sci TV rewatch dot dot com. And you can also go to the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash sci-fi TV rewatch. All right. In the uh, tip of the week, what we're watching, I- I've mentioned apple plus before and and i don't have apple plus at 499 i guess i'd consider it examine what kind of content they have but since i fortunately have screeners i've been able to watch these two shows and you know we've kind of talked about the full frontal assault on our wallets that these streaming services are uh engaging in but for all mankind which is an alternate history space race that's a pretty good show but the one i want to talk about for a minute is dickinson and again i know i've mentioned it before it's a 10 episode series they're half hour episodes about the life of emily dickinson and while it is set in her time period the the houses the dress everything is period correct as far as i can tell it's the language that they use in an anachronistic way and it's just really such a good show. And, and looking at some of the reviews of it, I guess I just have to say that the reviewers don't get it. That I don't know if it's that they don't have a background in literature. And I will say, having a literary background, uh, as the two of us do, there's so much that you get that maybe the average person that wasn't paying that close attention in high school wouldn't get. For instance... There's a scene where Emily and her brother and sister and friends, they're all sitting around, and somebody goes comes in and says, like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're, we're reading the uh, chapter of Bleak House. And the person goes, oh, can you believe so-and-so died? And somebody goes, spoilers? I'm not, <laughs> I don't have that chapter yet. <laughs> now, of course, they weren't saying spoilers at the time, but if you don't know that most of Dickens' novels – were released on a chapter-by-chapter basis, not unlike what we have with serialized television, that joke, or whatever you want to call it, kind of doesn't have the impact that it would have on the two of us. They do that kind of stuff all the time. It's just such a good show. Fortunately, it's got a season two on the way, and, you know... It's one of those things you could get your seven-day free trial of Apple Plus and knock it and For All uh-huh. Mankind out and then uh, just cancel it if you want. So,
1: Yeah. Well, I'm also looking at the pictures of this, and the actress looks incredibly like the actual Emily Dickinson. It's like crazy.
0: Yes, she does. Haley Steinfeld. And, and Mikhail yeah. Barishnikov's daughter in real life is one of the characters in it as well. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of recognizable actors. There's a lot of people that, yeah, I think I know that person, but when you look them up on IMDb, it, you know, maybe, maybe not. So, right.
1: What do you got this week? So my pick of the week is, like you, a show that I'd mentioned before, actually probably twice before, but just the last episode of Watchmen was just absolutely amazing. Just knocked my socks off. Like it was. This is a show that has, you know, I know a lot of, I don't know, a lot. You you hear some criticism out there because it is not superheroes running around costumes like they probably expected, like, to, you know, to pick up, you know, somewhere, like maybe even before or after the the graphic novel and, you know, we would see, like, Dr. Manhattan and and, uh, all these characters. And it really has... You know, it is especially it's dealing with the issue of, of race in America, that it's just really just outstanding. And, you know, this last episode, we, we get the backstory of Hood of Justice, which is a character in the graphic novel that never got a backstory. So Damon Lindelof had a lot of uh, leeway to play with here. And I won't give away any spoilers, so don't worry about it out there. But just to say it was... It was pretty. Amazing. It wasn't really surprising. It was something that if you were watching the show, you probably, you know, saw this coming, and um, you know, it wasn't a big surprise to find out who Hooded Justice is. But then to see his whole backstory and and his origin story, um, and again, what that reveals about uh, you know racial tensions in America, it was just really, really good and. Um, you know, this is a show that, like I said, is um, it's taken some heat for its, you know, its take on the source material, but I still think it's just excellent, excellent TV. Damon Lindelof does it again.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think people need to get over their hang-ups about source material and how closely the showrunner adheres to it. I, I mean, I understand it but i also understand the other side of the equation that you're you're kind of producing something new within that world so again i guess i can see both sides but you know why would you be upset about something new if it's good
1: yeah exactly
0: so right anyway, well that's and, and, one know, just, show
1: sorry no, I was just
0: going to say that that's one show that I I got to get back to I've only seen the first two episodes and and every time I intend to oh, get back dude. to it something happens. So I will. I, I did enjoy that. It's not going to be like the leftovers I don't think, but yes. <laughs> we'll see. But
1: but yeah, and you know, I you know, I read an article just today that was criticizing because uh, in the one episode a character find, you know like you know, find Adrian Veidt has recorded a video where he talks about how he engineered his his plan in the graphic novel, and if you've seen the movie, it, what he does is a little bit different. Um, but in the graphic novel, he unleashes this psychic squid on New York, and it's all a hoax to make the world think that we're being invaded by aliens, so it stops nuclear war because people are worried about alien threats. So basically, he a character watches a recording that Adrian Veidt had made, and this article said, well, Adrian Veidt would never do that, blah, 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 and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but how else are they going to get like that information? Like, what they need to do is for this character to realize that Adrian Veidt was responsible for the squid attack, and that it wasn't a, a extra dimensional attack from another alien race. Uh, the character needs to find out the truth about that. So, how are you going to do that? Well, in the in the movie, or uh, well in the movie and the graphic novel, it's Rorschach finds it out, and over the course of like. An investigation over the entire length of the novel. Damon Lindelof doesn't have that much time. He needs to he needs to have this to happen within one episode. So I'm sure maybe there were other ways he could have done it, but you know, it's it you, know, you have to understand it's T V this it's an expedient. It's a way for them to move the narrative along without a big plotting investigation, which would be what the character would have to do to, to find out what happened. So
0: Cool. Well, that's a good segue, I think, and you'll see what I mean in a second, mm-hmm. to the final episode, which is episode seven of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell A Spell to End Magic in England, which aired June 28th, 2015. One of the things I guess I felt about this episode, and, and I did like it, I, I'm going to give it an A minus, unless at the end of the discussion I change my mind, but I. Have this nagging feeling that I'm not entirely satisfied. The episode felt a bit rushed to me. Not necessarily Game of Thrones rushed, but again, I didn't really feel Game of Thrones was rushed all that much based on some of the things I read on the internet about season seven and eight. But I'm certainly not opposed to drawing my own conclusions, of course. I guess I just expected a bit more of a payoff. And mm-hmm. as I say that, I'm hating myself because, oh, you didn't like <laughs> it because you didn't get a happy ending. So, right. uh, and and we kind of did get a happy ending. It's just not that traditional happy ending. So, right. Um, you know, I, I did like it. I mean, how about you? Yeah, well, I, you know, I get it. We
1: wanted Jonathan and Arabella to be hand in hand at the end of the episode and moving on to their quiet life in the country, but it just was not meant to be. And that's not how the book ends either. So, um, you know, if they did that, it would be a big disservice to the source. Uh, we just talked about source material. Um, that'd be, I think there'd be a big disservice to the source. It'd definitely be, uh, giving in to, uh, a, a, the television audience. That means I, I agree that for a show that for six episodes, I thought you were going to pick up on the word plotting that I used before that did not necessarily advance the plot in a timely manner. Um, this episode was effing crazy. And just, yeah. I th- you know, I just think they left too much to be resolved in this last episode. And things were going so fast. As, and it just was discordant with how the pace of this, Uh, this show up until this point
0: yeah and and i know it's easy for me to say but i'm very surprised that there's not a follow-up novel because there's so much left to be explored if the writer wants to explore it i mean uh, you know we don't know where jonathan and mr norrell are for sure but one of the things I love, and we'll talk about that scene as Arabella and Flora are walking down the street in Venice. We know Lady Pole is leaving her husband to go and be with Belle. So are we going to have the three women forming this little superhero unit against magic for magic? Uh, I don't know. I but I, but I I just really love that idea. So. Like you said, for six episodes, they were taking their time, and then everything comes fast and furiously at the yeah. at the end. One of the things that comes up is, is whether Jonathan Strange has committed treason or begun a revolution, and that 's kind of one of those things we 've talked about as, as we 've moved along through the first six episodes I mean, has he opened pandora 's box? we get to the end of the episode and even Childermas mass has kind of bought into that. Hey, magic is everywhere. You're all magicians. So let's go to it. And I think a normal person like, well, of course I'm going to call the two of us normal, which yeah, is that's, that's probably not accurate. That's a leap, but, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, we know that it's going to be misused. And for the most part, most people are going to misuse it. Yeah. So, how do you see this as a positive? Well,
1: I mean, you can misuse water, you know, you can misuse fire. Um, but, you know, these are things that are, I'm not saying magic is necessary, but there are things that exist and people are going to use them for good and people are going to use them for ill. And I think, you know, what we would, had been talking about before previously that, you just need to find this middle ground between Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell's versions of magic, that on the one hand, the completely unrestricted, let it all out type of attitude versus the, you know, keep it all shut away attitude. Well, you need something and I think Children Mass represents that good middle ground here uh for the future of magic that there might be this period of kind of craziness, but that ultimately Um, You know, that that middle ground will be found that people get used to magic being around and it'll become something just ordinary, I guess.
0: Well, you know, and the great thing is that Childermass has that badass look to him that certainly forces people to listen to what he says and and perhaps even do what he asks, as opposed to normal and strange who each in their own way was not really that commanding a presence sure. although i guess at the end you could argue uh jonathan went a little doctor strange on us <laughs> yeah definitely so all right well the opening scene we get the fact that disruptive new magic is appearing throughout england they you know they know jonathan's broken all the mirrors i, I guess all the mirrors and magic is flooding in Got his black tower with him. And of course, not unexpectedly, the politicians think he's after them. Yeah. And I, again, how apropos that the politicians always think it's about them. Yeah. <laughs> Even in today's age. Yeah. Well, it's really all about the f-
1: podcasters.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, they forget that they're working for the people, supposedly. But. I, I guess the really important thing that comes out of this opening scene is that Sir Walter feels as if he bears a lot of blame here, which he really doesn't, but he tenders his resignation. I guess this is supposed to be the house of commons. I guess it doesn't really matter what, what it really is, you know? So that leads us in. And yeah, I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about LaSalle draw light and Childermas first. I mean, uh, obviously the bulk of the story is jonathan and mr norrell i didn't think there would be anybody i could dislike more than draw light but damn it LaCell, you, you know, <laughs> mission accomplished <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness yeah. now you know but before we even get to those we get that one little scene and i'm not exactly sure how i feel about it uh I mean, we kind of know it. Steven sees his reflection in the butter knife, and he's wearing a crown. Uh, We've seen it before, but I guess the writers feel like we're going to forget that we've seen this before, so they'll throw a little bit of foreshadowing at us. But that great scene when LaSalle runs into a disheveled drawlight I don't know what the hell happened to Drawlight. He was dandy extreme when he was in venice and now suddenly his clothes look like he's been through a war i'm not sure exactly what happened to him in the interim but you know he tells la about the letter from lady pole Childermas about the fairy helping norrell to raise lady pole from the dead and all of this information which it's the last thing you want to give somebody like la you know
1: right and um and well, he and he knows that, and we well, you question that whether he would actually carry out uh, Jonathan's instructions or not. And I think that's why he's in such a state because you know he left Venice and has you know probably been traveling, and he doesn't have a lot of money, so he's probably been traveling pretty rough uh, back to England in order to you know carry out these instructions, and it it doesn't happen as he intended but he does get the
0: three messages
1: to the three people that they're supposed to go to.
0: Right. He at least had the foresight to put them in the mail or however he got the letters so that LaSalle doesn't have a chance to get those, but he does get the box that has Lady Pole's ring, uh, pinky finger in it and the note as well. And, you know, I, I, as you said, I was certainly wrong in doubting that draw light would follow the instructions but he does end up paying with his life yeah and lasalle has been sort of this uh, not necessarily buffoonish character but almost and then suddenly he turns dark shoots him in the leg first and then goes back and you know on the rewatch i think he shot him through the eye yeah yeah pretty hardcore i i, I mean i i know lasalle is out for himself but didn't know he'd go to that extreme
1: exactly Uh, because we we saw him as like a a hanger on and you know kind of a dandy and um and i actually in my notes said why is Drawlight so afraid of lasalle's he seems like you know kind of doesn't seem like a particularly dangerous person and then as soon as i type that uh lasalle pulls out two guns and shoots him so i'm like yeah oh okay I guess that's. I guess he knows uh, LaSalle's a little bit uh, better than we do, and knows what he's capable of. And he certainly shows he's capable of a lot.
0: Yeah, and we certainly. And when I say we, I really should say I didn't give him the credit he deserves. I think you did recognize that in him. But when LaSalle goes to Norrell and and he says the words that we know he holds true all along that if norrell goes down then i'm negatively impacted as well so therefore norrell can't go down but he goes back there and childermass of all people knows what lascell is all about and we've had those exchanges about uh can we talk you know out of uh earshot of the servant <laughs> and at this point childermass is not having any of it he uses his cards which I just love that aspect of the truth that comes out of his cards. I don't know if – I guess they're not really tarot cards. They actually probably have a name that I never took the uh, time to look up. He makes fun of his cards, and he says, they say you're a liar and a thief, and he knows exactly what he's done. So these cards are pretty darn accurate. Yeah, yeah, they've
1: Proven to be, yeah, like yeah, have a very much better than the uh, the eight
0: ball. You know, he allows himself to be cut by LaSalle so that he can pick his pocket and get the box. But I think what really comes out of that scene that's perhaps most important is when Norrell tells him, "No, I don't give you my permission to go." And Choderma says, "Well, I'm going anyway. You've made the wrong." choice as usual yeah and i found that very telling and i don't know if he's referring to his deal with the fairy which of course he recognizes now well he tricked me strange is like yeah of course he tricked (laughs) you you dummy that's what fairies do yeah and and that that naivety that i guess exudes from norrell on some levels yeah, I mean, he's not naive about the dangers of magic, because that's kind of been his mantra, but, yeah, I, I found it very telling that that Childermass recognizes the many flaws in Norrell. He also recognizes the strengths as well, but... Sure. Uh,
1: yeah, well, that, that's just a great line, you know, like, you've made the wrong choice, sir, as usual. Just that really cutting, like, you are just been a dope this whole time, and... and pointing out, and and, and that's like one of the great things about this episode is we see Norrell finally looking at himself and addressing his flaws honestly and and realizing that, yes, he's been silly, he's been self-absorbed, he hasn't listened to good advice when it's been there, he has listened to terrible advice from LaSalle's and you know, and he finally has this moment of self-realization and uh that then allows him to you know rejoin Jonathan.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of Jonathan, you know, he sends the the finger and the note and of course I don't want to say the note's misinterpreted, but obviously the key thing that comes out of the note is the revelation that Stephen is in league with the fairy which of course then uh, ends up with Stephen being locked up, but that's not really the whole story. And Jonathan really doesn't necessarily know the entire story. So, you know, Stephen's momentarily taken out of the picture, but Childermas goes to find Vinculus. You know, and we we get this stuff happening in rapid succession. The fairy right. confronts Stephen. Vinculus is hanging, and and of course we go back to what he said right before. Uh, the fairy hangs him, which is, you're going to find I'm very hard to kill.
1: Yeah, not quite and, dead
0: yet. Uh, uh, yeah, but, but the fairy tells Stephen that they have to go kill them all. Again, not that we didn't know that the fairy was evil, but I, I, I guess it's you know that, that impishness that we've seen throughout literature in so many of the fairies. But I think if you probably go further back in – history in terms of fairies they are pretty dark and they are pretty evil mm-hmm. in many cases well uh, we've we've
1: talked about this kind of um you know this obviously he has this cruel streak but it always seemed to come out of like just uh, not, uh, not a disdain for humans but for just not even seeing humans as really being something worth his effort except for like just toys and and you know we used to like Puck from Midsummer Night's Dream, like someone who just likes messing with humans, but ultimately is not necessarily someone that is super dangerous. And what the gentleman has done up to now has been not necessarily, quote, unquote, dangerous, but certainly it has been cruel. But now we see, you know, that he is, this whole kill them all, well, now he's taking it to a whole next level, right? So this isn't just cruelty this is you know murderous type of of attitude he makes this decision without batting an eye you know we're gonna we're gonna kill all of them like that's that's the solution and uh of course this chafes with steven
0: yeah now it certainly doesn't justify but do you think he just feels like he's backed into a corner recognizes that this normal guy and strange maybe they have more power than i gave them credit for then we've got shoulder mass again it doesn't justify it but shoulder mass goes and cuts down vinculus so the guy that appears is this Usglas? yeah just the okay the raven king the norwegian and death metal guy yeah oh dude <laughs> there's a guy i watch on youtube who's uh swedish Fortunately, he speaks very good english but he does these guitar videos and i'm just thinking like oh, dude you'd look just like ola england except ola england the guitar player he washes his hair uh, much more frequently but he brings him back to life vinculus, that is who says, I have changed, I do not say what I said before. And I think we recognize immediately that the text that covers his body has changed. Yeah, Is it because of the two magicians and their endeavors that, that history has changed, that people's fate has changed, I guess?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I guess maybe he's revising the book to maybe cover this new uh, occurrence here with uh, Jonathan
0: Strange and Mr. Norrell now you know we talked about desperation here and and desperation with LaCell, and we know he's not done shooting people because he shoots and kills Stephen yeah which I was a little surprised that it affected the fairy as much as it did but then you know we get that later scene when Stephen is taken to the realm rises and finds that he's not dead which surprises the fairy which on the one hand didn't understand at the time but i guess we have to go back to the raven king and and the fact that john Ostglass is on the scene i I mean that's the only explanation i can come up with for why the fairy would be surprised well i I think he's
1: yeah i i I kind of agree with that is that he just doesn't understand what he's up against he doesn't realize he's working against the raven king and you know he's so used to being the one in control and that now that he is not in control he's just completely you know he's now he's out of his mind uh he doesn't know how to react to a world where he's not the one
0: pulling the strings yeah yeah Now, the other section of this episode, the resurrection of Lady Pole, if you will. And I've said many times she's one of my favorite characters in the episode. And and to see her in this deep sleep, I guess it's not really a coma, but certainly she's not waking up. But then we know the enchantment allows her to be in two places at the same time. So we see her at the ballroom. And again, I love the interaction between her and Arabella as she tells Belle to try to remember your husband because once the enchantment's lifted, I'm going to lead you out. And just this this awareness of Lady Pole that we've never really seen before, where she was talking in riddles before, she looked terrible. Of course, she was dead and brought back to life, right. so what would you think? Yeah. Tends to affect the person. Really yeah, but I just really, really love that. And then, you know, going on in a parallel way, Childermas tells Sir Walter that, you know, if we reattach her finger and she comes back, she's possibly going to revert to her former state, which we assume means death, yeah. or at least that death like zombie state that she was kind of in. Right. So you know, it's a big step to take. And like Sir,
1: Sir Walter, you know, says, well, she said she'd rather be dead than like this. And so it's like, at least he was listening to his wife a little bit,
0: I guess. And that whole idea that Jonathan strange wants lady pole to stay where she is, which for Segundus and Sir Walter means in this coma like state, I mean, because we see her in that other realm, we understand what's really going on here, that she needs to stay in that realm so that she can lead Arabella to safety, which on the one hand is kind of a selfish thing to ask on Jonathan's part, uh, unless I'm missing something.
1: Well, I I mean, I I think Jonathan has a a clear understanding of how this is going to shake out and should shake out. Um, but, you know, I just thought it was almost kind of funny. Children Mass runs in and says, stop. And uh, Segundus basically looks at him and just keeps on putting the pinky back. You know? So normally when people say stop, you you know you stop.
0: <laughs> but- yeah. And, and I love her reaction, which is to say that I was supposed to stay where I was so I could show Belle the safe passage out. But it's also that recognition that she was bargained away by norrell which then leads to one of my favorite lines maybe even in the entire series because uh, the, the way we see women in, in the series for this time period uh, you know it, it didn't really reflect how much they were held down by men but lady pole says i've had my fill of you gentlemen taking what you want from me right and you know i I mean certainly she means her freedom her uh her ability to do what she wants live the kind of life she wants say what she wants it's just scratching the surface
1: right yeah it's just it's, it's like not just like her husband it's like all of you including Segundus, and and uh what the other guy's name? I can't remember, but um, you know, and, and this statement of, and she says it to the the gentleman as well as she stands up to him, and all, and then at the end she'll stand up to her husband, saying, "I'm off, I'm I'm done with being the victim. I'm done with you know being the, the person that that like being a toy or a an experiment." Or anything like that, or, or someone in need of help. I'm going off to the continent on my own, which is just this great um, statement of, of liberation from you know everything, everything, and anyone who uh, tried to you know hold her back and everything. And it's and, and you're right. Like, well, what I think we've seen here is, is that you know women's power at the time, uh, such as it was came from you know their ability to you know on a domestic level, I guess you know like they they were the ones who ran their houses and so therefore that was that was where their their domain of control we see that with with bell uh and Jonathan like her you know, her her ability to affect things comes through her ability to affect what her husband does. And everything um yeah and, and you sort of uh, i'm just saying you know but with now with lady pole at the end now we see here's a woman who's going to step outside of that role and actually for all three of them as she said before for uh, flora and bell and lady pole all three of them are now going to be able to run their lives w- without the need of of uh, any kind of male direction
0: Right, and you sort of feel sorry for Sir Walter as he's sitting at breakfast with Lady Pole, who at this point looks really good. She doesn't have a happy look on her face, but other than that, she looks really good because Sir Walter's basically a good guy, and he is sitting there thinking, I've got my life back to where it was and the way I want it. And she tells him, I'm not going to go from one kind of helplessness to another, and as you said i'm out of here so you really feel good for her but you feel a little bad for him as well because he he certainly has treated his wife with as much respect probably more respect than many men of his era
1: yeah well and that's the thing He is still a man of his era so he can't see what uh his wife wants you know, or what her needs are and everything. He can only see, like you said, oh, everything's back to normal, so we can go back to our regularly, you know, our, our normal married life uh, with her being this subservient role as my wife, and she's not having it. And he that's something, like, as... And you're right, he's, he's a good guy. Like, he's really... We can't think of anything... I, I can't really think of anything that he's done that's wrong. He's kind of in this case behind the times right his his wife is progressive and moving on and is a very modern woman and in the 19th century this is we see women doing just as what she does uh being independent and going and traveling the world
0: uh because you know independent of of male dominion or whatever well, we have the return of Jonathan Strange and I love the way that scene plays out. We hear this voice uh, recounting names and and dates and numbers of people and we're not exactly sure what it is and suddenly we recognize it as Jonathan's voice and it's Norrell that is standing there and hears him and you know the two of them are now reunited. Uh, he was surprised that Jonathan was able to break his uh wards to bring a little uh, terminology (laughs) from the magicians into the uh, discussion but disreputable magic sir this is its consequence he tells him and (laughs) he tries to run away and and jonathan uses magic to prevent him and it's again it's a line that we've kind of been waiting for do you really believe you can challenge me now yeah, Jonathan asks him, and and Norrell is a beaten man at this point, and in a similar fashion to Sir Walter, we know he's basically a good guy who really believes in what he is saying about magic and the way it should be controlled. He understands now; it's taken a while that the deal he made with the fairy was really about himself and making himself look and feel important. And clearly he regrets it. You know, who of us have not made a mistake. So, you know, you really can't get on him too much for that, but he does make it rain. Yeah. <laughs> and Jonathan laughs. Yeah. Because he sees it as pitiful and we've seen Norrell use rain before. And, and it, it generally, is quite effective for whatever it needs to be at the time but again as literary scholars that we are you know the whole idea of rain as rebirth Mm -hmm. and maybe i'm pushing it too far but obviously their relationship is getting reborn at this point in the
1: story nice symbol hunting there that's good Uh, well yeah and and it's also this self-realization because jonathan does laugh at him and and you know, Mr. Norrell says, "Don't laugh. That's that's cruel." You know, and this is where he finally realizes, as we talked about before, his own pity, pittiness No, no, that's not petty. Pettiness. <laughs> Pityness is his own. How petty and and small minded, and his like you said, his um, that his motives before were not the uh, altruistic ones that he. Kind of attributed to himself, and he finally you know sees himself and and, and in that laughter right because they, they have a big wizard battle, and all he can produce is a little rain, and it is laughable, but with that, he's able to step back from himself and see how ridiculous he's been, and then this, as you said, leads to this rebirth this uh this healing of their relationship that they can now move forward, and they can. You know, destroy the gentleman.
0: Yeah, and it almost speaks to Strange's inability to connect with Norrell because he then follows that up by telling Norrell that his wife is stolen, he's dying, and I want to ask you what I've always wanted, which is your help. And generally, in my world, if you want somebody's help, you don't insult them first. But right, maybe that's me. Um, but, you know, they talk about the, this idea that the death of the enchanter will bring Belle and Lady Pole out of their enchantments. But the problem is nobody's ever killed a fairy since the Raven King. And that's what they've got to set out to do. And yeah, again, in the meantime, you know, all of this is your fault for releasing uh, the fairy so Okay, yeah, but isn't it you, Jonathan Strange, that opened the portals, or is it really more fair to say it's just the both of you combined that yeah you know, are are wreaking havoc? So right, oh, that's like you know the book
1: is called, and the book in the show is called Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. That ultimately it's the two of them together, and even back in episode one, they talked about the two magicians, and even last time we were wondering who are the two magicians. And I think we could probably still ask that question even at the end of this one. But, yeah, it's always been about these two. And, for, you know, so, yes, together they cause the problem. Together they're going to help solve it as as it yeah. is.
0: Yeah, and, and I think at this point it is fair to say that the two magicians are normal and Strange. I, you know, we speculated for a while maybe it'll be Childermass and – Segundus or somebody like that, but uh, I think it's pretty clear that it's still these two, but the scene that, that I felt like was rushed a bit and I understand why we had to have it. And there's not a whole lot of time left in the episode. They're talking about what they have to do, who they have to summon if they're going to kill the Raven King. Well, seems there was a dispute that Usglass claimed the Raven King was his father the nameless slave who was stolen into the fairy realm before he could be christened. And, of course, we know what is being talked about. It doesn't seem as if they've made the connection here no. with the nameless slave and Stephen.
1: Right. They definitely haven't. Childermask knows, but he's not there to tell them.
0: Right. Now, Norland and Strange begin the spell that, that they're going to use, and I love that exchange that they have because these two have been at each other for a while now and, and when Jonathan says you know I want what I've always wanted your help I'm not exactly sure I believe that to be totally true uh, you know I need your help now but there certainly was a time when I felt like I was better than you I didn't need your help Norrell tells Strange that if they fail, he'll commit to freeing Bell as long as it takes. It's a very moving scene. Mm Yeah, it's really nice. And and, and certainly it puts Norrell back on on that path of redemption if you feel like he he needs redemption. And I guess he does sort of at at this point. I, I think it's fair to say maybe they even both do. But then we get that moment of truth as Jonathan conjures a spell that's going to return power to the Raven King. And the fairy prompts Stephen to kill Sir Walter. The spell seems to be working. The birds fly into the room. And you've talked several times about the special effects here. And again, I think for a show of this size, they did a really good job with the special effects.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of good uh, special effects. And so when the Ravens was, you know, the, probably the main one, but, you know, the, uh, yeah, and the they, death of LaSalle's was another uh, good effect, too.
0: Oh, my gosh. He, he, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that right now because Norrell's library is destroyed. The books are gone and the birds fly in again, form into Stephen, who, of course, we know is the nameless slave. This is not the Raven King, norrell says, and we're sitting there. Uh, yeah, you might be. Yeah. <laughs> LaSalle comes in, shoots Stephen, and threatens to shoot Strange as the fairy looks on, horrified. What have you done? And as you said, at first, uh, the gun turns to, I, I guess, China or whatever, and then just cracks and disintegrates, and then suddenly. He's reduced to broken shards of China, and you're just sitting there thinking, yes. Thank you, fairy." Yeah. One thing you did, yeah.
1: Well, and then he you know, steps on his face, the glass face. It was kind of a cool effect as well. Oh, but yeah, yeah, so certainly um, we feel no sadness at all for Lascelles here. Like, we definitely got what he deserved.
0: Yeah, and they've been talking about, well, what token – should we give the Raven King to signify the return of English magic? <laughs> and and again, I I love the the wheels are turning in both men's heads. And Jonathan says, "Well, that's easy. All of your books." Yeah. And Norrell's horrified. You, uh, all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah right. Well, you know, Jonathan has a good line there, basically saying that. Well, you know, you won't. You know, we will both soon be dead. There will be no leisure for reading. So it's like, you know, there's no point in holding on to these books because you know we're we're going to die, and you're not going to be able to read them then. So this is what you got to well, do.
0: Or and he even goes through. Well, how about half? Right. <laughs> how about a quarter (laughs) but but that also that line when when norrell says we've channeled all of english magic into a butler and shot him now of course he doesn't mean that he and jonathan shot him but but the you know the enormity of what has happened here is certainly not lost on the viewer or on norrell jonathan says that the fairy has closed the mirrors and then Norl's like, well, you know, there might be another way. And he uses his reign to make a door. Yeah. And they find themselves in the fairy realm. And I love Norl's reaction. Yeah. Why have I not done this before?
1: Yeah. 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 And it's really this kind of coming out for him. And and you know, he's actually doing things. And he's not just sitting up in his library, which he's done for most of the the, the series. Um, hiding away at his place up in in the north, well, now he's actually getting out there. He sees it, and it's just like this whole, you know, renaissance for him.
0: Yeah, and and then again, we've talked about the pace of this episode, which is much more rapid than the previous six. Stephen realizes the prophecy said he would kill the king and take his place, and oh, the fairy is the king, so I got to kill the fairy which of course he does. Jonathan wakes bell who now recognizes him. And, and, and we think we're going to get that happy ending that we expected. And and again, whether the ending we get is, is happy is, right. is debatable. Jonathan tries to get bell to leave because there's that path that's for her alone promises. He'll follow. And again, I love, she pops into the room in Venice with flora and her father and and he immediately recognizes her i'm not sure if flora does and and again it's one of those things that oh flora's not going to be happy about this (laughs) because we know she was somewhat enamored of jonathan but uh, to her credit she she does seem to you know in a little bit that we see them together does seem to come to bell's aid such as it is
1: yeah and You know, like I said, I mean, I think this is while you question whether it's a a happy ending or not. I mean, we obviously had a lot of emotional investment into Belle and Jonathan. And, you know, probably were hoping that these two would be okay in the end and all all would be together. But also, you know, I think it goes back to like Lady Pole and this issue of these women becoming independent and being able to live their lives without – men dictating to them what to do or having their lives dictated to them by the patriarchy of society. You know, they get the, they're they're out. Belle is out. She can, and even Jonathan says to her, he gives her the, you know, um, he says, I don't want you to be a widow. Get out there and live your life, you know? So, and so Jonathan gets it. He gets it like, as as Sir Walter does not, right? Uh, That at the root of this, Whole series, I think there's, and we see this last episode, this really strong theme of, of that women's liberation, women's independence, which, you know, again, historically looking is something that was nascent at this time and was building up through the 19th century uh, in, and into the 20th century when finally uh, these issues of, of women's equality become on the public stage. Um, so... I yeah. You know, while we want to see them together, I, I also there is this happiness with Lady Pole and Belle and maybe even Flora to a degree. I mean, she's still dragging her dad around, but you know, there certainly are three independent-minded women that uh, you know that that's not a totally bad thing either.
0: Right, and I think we can look at it as if the men's preoccupation with magic is really what leads to their liberation. And, and as you say, they can now go on and, and do whatever it is they want with their lives. And, but the one thing I, I did want to bring up that we didn't talk about yet is that final exchange between Jonathan and Mr. Norrell. England's full of magic. It should be used, Jonathan tells him. You are a great magician and you are my friend then he's not able to leave. Now, we're not exactly sure what's going on with him, and that's one of the things I love about the ending. Jonathan's not sure where he is, if anywhere. So what's the deal with those two? Are they both trapped in the fairy realm? Are they both trapped somewhere else? Is Jonathan dead? Uh, I guess I love that aspect of the ending, the, the not really knowing what's going on. And then as you said, Jonathan's words to Bell, no, don't wait for me. Find somebody else and I mean he doesn't say get married again, but that's yeah. clearly what he means.
1: Yeah. It just means get out there and live your life and, and don't spend your life, you know, pining away about me and, and you know, just get out there and, and live as an independent woman. There there is a suggestion that he'll be able to get out at some point. Uh, they, I think they're both trapped in that the dark tower, um, I, and I think they're trapped in Fairyland in that that dark tower. Um, I believe in the book they are like they there's some spell that binds them together where they can't get away from one another or something. So, but I mean, suffice it to say he's he's not dead, but he's not able to return to the world at this point, right?
0: Right. And, and that final scene, which begins with a voiceover from Childermass, where he's talking about a society of magicians, but things are not as they were before magic returned. And he tells that group that the deal you had with Norrell doesn't apply anymore. There's a new sheriff in town. You're wondering what he's going to say next. On the one hand, I was a little surprised. You are magicians if you wish to be. Okay. And then, of course, he brings in the only book of magic that remains, which is, of course, Vinculus, yeah. uh, revealing, which we assume is different than the copy that he had previously. The words have likely changed. But the fact that Childermass acknowledges what we were saying, he doesn't know where Strange and Norrell has gone beyond the sky on the other side of the rain, wherever that is. Yeah. But I, I thought it was a great line to close things up
1: yeah yeah the only problem with that is that you know no one's going to want to read chapter 10 of that book
0: <laughs> <So>. yeah <laughs> oh, i get it so all right uh anything else before we get to fred's feedback um no i think that's a pretty comprehensive coverage of that episode dave okay so what are you thinking grade wise
1: um you know i, I definitely a version I, I guess if you know going on the old AP grading where we reward it for what they do well and do not really punish it for what it doesn't do well, I would give it an A then um, okay. because it is a flawed episode for sure, and, and not in, in just because as we said. I mean, the, the big issue I have is that just there's too like too much happening here, and for a an, a, a series that had been kind of going on at a certain pace. All of a sudden, trying to resolve everything in the course of an hour seemed a bit rushed, a little bit. But it was good, yeah, though. I but agree. on the other hand, it was like this really like it. it, it it's almost like I kind of wish the whole ep- the whole series had moved at a more of a pace uh, like this because it was a very exciting episode.
0: Okay, all right, fair enough. I'm going to stick with my A minus for the time being. You never know; maybe I'll change my mind when I type up the blog post. Uh, what we've done of late, though, is give it an overall series grade as well, and mm-hmm. I'm going B
1: plus. Yeah, I was thinking B plus for uh, as okay. the series. It it was good. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, like I said, it, it was the, the I, I think the pa- again we talked about pacing, and you know, the, at times went really slow, and then at the end just. Like took a roller coaster ride, straight you know down the big hill, went super fast. Really, the, the central characters of of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell were were awesome. Like it's, you know, the the actors were fabulous, did a great job. They really really inhabited these characters, and and then the the female characters as well, especially Lady Pole and Belle, were also outstanding. Um, but then you kind of, you go outside, well, it's and children mass too, but you kind of go outside of that and you don't really feel too invested. Uh, Stephen Black turns out to be kind of a hero, not kind of, a hero in the end. But again, we we question his motives for so long, and just don't really feel that kind of, any kind of uh, empathy with him. So, I don't know, B plus sounds a solid, good
0: grade. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, let's hear what Fred has to say this week, and we'll be right back. Make sure you can find Impulse. We're going to do three episodes at a time, and feedback's going to be limited to two minutes.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Vera, Fred's wife. I have some disturbing news. I found Fred this morning at five past eight dead in
0: his favorite chair. I think he had a heart attack. Apparently, he had been listening to your podcast on his laptop. I don't know what to do. Could you perhaps please, please summon a fairy to bring him back to life? And then
1: now you're going to just feel guilty.
0: But I didn't want Fred to have a heart attack. So <laughs> just kidding, Fred. <laughs> one, one episode a week. He might, have, he might have had
1: a heart attack anyway. <laughs>
0: Well, and he he listens to the podcast as he's riding his bike to work. So right. I shouldn't—that's right. not funny. So he
1: might. Right. <laughs> he just, he just. But we're all picturing the same thing. So yeah. Fred, I hope hope you're okay. I hope you survived the shock of Dave's previous statement, and that uh, you know you will can you know we'll get your feedback next week and you know everything's all good over in the Netherlands.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hello Dave and Wayne, this is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell. The finale, episode 7, or chapter 7. Well Dave, you probably are relieved to hear my voice. You're lucky that I had a day off. And normally I get up at 7 and then on Fridays I download quickly after 8 o'clock the podcast so I can leave the house at 10 past 8 or something like that. Often I listen to a few minutes and then I leave the house. But today I had a day off so I got awake by myself at just a few minutes after 8 and I thought, oh yeah, I can listen to the podcast and fortunately with this message i was in my bed and not on my bike first topic i want to talk about is streaming service wars this is a topic you discussed in the sci-fi tv rewatch podcast but there was also a special episode of sci-fi fidelity on this topic recently where you dave discussed this with michael It seemed, and actually I knew, that Disney Plus had the Netherlands as a tryout country for Disney Plus, and I knew that. But what I didn't get was that there was a Star Wars series coming up, The Mandalorian, and I talked about that last week. I liked that a lot, but actually I didn't get it. And one of the other podcasts I give feedback to were joking, why did Fred not notice this? Well, I'm not so much into regular television. Actually, the only things I watch on a regular base is the 8 o'clock news with my wife and the rest I watch on streaming services and it's all chosen series. So series I follow or series you or other podcasters give tips to, I try to watch there. And in that sense, I want to correct a little bit what we talked about when I was in your studio, Dave. Okay, I had to interrupt this uh, recording because that was a telephone my youngest son of 16 calling from Berlin in Germany where he has a school trip. And what did he ask? He needed a little more money because I saw some stuff to buy. <laughs> Okay, back to the stuff we talked about when I was in your studio. We were talking about Dutch television and that we have regular channels like BBC One and Two in the Netherlands and that the commercial breaks are in between programs. Well, we also have a few commercial channels. There are commercial breaks in those programs. Furthermore, you can get HBO, although Netflix has quite a monopoly here amazon prime is possible here and now in the disney plus so i really wonder what will happen here in the netherlands and of course disney plus had the netherlands as a tryout country for its service i will post a link on the facebook page why they chose the netherlands for this but nevertheless I was living as we say in the Netherlands under a rock or under a stone I think the English expression is in a cave although I knew Disney Plus was coming I didn't get that there was a new Star Wars series at all so somebody else had to point it out to me Fortunately I'm not the only one that sometimes doesn't get something
1: I you know like I don't you know I didn't even know this was happening
2: until a couple of weeks ago I saw a trailer like
1: what
2: and that was about his dark materials. I will come back to that later, but I shortly want to make a remark on perhaps the elephant in the room. I really wonder what these and that is that goes back to your discussion on these streaming service wars. I really advise people to listen to this very nice podcast, uh, Sci-Fi Fidelity Number Seventy Seven, on this topic. I really wonder what this will do to illegal download and. I can imagine if there are just one, two streaming services in the country, you are willing to pay that. But if you get more and more streaming services and certain content, for instance, from Netflix is taken away, all the Disney products, etc., people get more and more streaming services they have to pay. And are they really willing to do that? And is this actually pushing people into illegal operations and going to download more illegally of course it's illegal but i wonder if these streaming services are realizing that that it could push people in that direction of course if you really want to see stuff and you don't have the money for three four five streaming services yeah what are you going to do then the temptation of doing illegal things then perhaps becomes bigger Next topic is tip of the week, or actually, you talked about it last week, partly because I also put it in my notes, His Dark Materials. And, and the other one is an HBO
0: series called His Dark Materials. You, you may have seen it. Yeah, um,
1: I, I watched the first episode. I read all okay. this books, so I was really psyched oh. about that one.
2: I watched the first episode, and I have to say I really liked it. Wayne had some questions. I listened to a podcast about this series and got some answers.
1: I don't know what their plan is, because I don't think they could do all three books in like one season.
2: So I don't know if they plan to do three seasons or whatever, but anyway. So concerning the seasons that they are going to film, I heard on this other podcast that they already started or uh, already finished filming the second season because in the books which I didn't read Lyra obviously became older in the third book but not in the first two books so what they did was a very sensible thing in the sense of having young teenage actors so they didn't want to have this teenager um, young girl bloom uh, in 2-3 in years so they filmed season 1 and 2 so we surely will get to season 2 And then against the time that they will film season three, this Lyra actor will be 15, 16 years, which she apparently is in the third book. Okay, enough talking about other stuff. Let's talk about the final episode of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell. Well, first off, last podcast, I wondered what Norrell's tear meant. Was he jealous? Was he... Touched by the quality of the book or was he sad because he was anticipating that he would destroy all Jonathan's books? Well we now know it was a tear of being moved by the quality of Jonathan's book. And also my prediction that Norell would work together with Jonathan to save him. Well, that was not a too difficult prediction, but you can say save between brackets because well is Jonathan saved? at least Arabelle is saved. I was a bit disappointed about the role the Raven King that appeared played. I didn't understand why this role was so small, although the whole series is talking about Raven King. Well, he did revive the Street Magician, but that's about it. Am I satisfied with this series? Well, I'm still a little ambivalent that didn't change there are very nice parts in it but also some yeah slow parts and not really understandable parts but okay i praise your decision to leave magic for a while after this and after the librarians and the magician season one looking forward what the impulse will bring i have already seen some scenes but not a whole episode that was all Greetings till next time Fred from the Netherlands. <laughs> All right,
0: Fred, uh I don't think you need to do any more free- feedbacks, Fred. I don't see how you could top this one to be quite <laughs> honest. This <laughs> just I wasn't sure what to expect, but oh my gosh, did I love this. Um anyway, uh to get to some of Fred's points though. The increase In streaming services, and whether or not that's going to lead to more illegal downloading, Mm -hmm. and it's an issue that uh, I've really made a three hundred and sixty degree turn on, and and maybe that's because I got a few letters from my ISP (laughs) provider (laughs) that said, "Stop what you're doing," and and I guess when I got the second one, I. Got a little scared and decided, you know what? I'll stop. Yeah. But that said, there are a lot of people out there that, again, I mean, it's illegal. It's, I don't want to go as far as to say it's immoral. Uh, I think that's a decision you have to make. But to his question, I think they really are leading people to get some of this content in ways other than intended you know well and, yeah and, you know. well
1: anytime you try to charge people lots of money for something and they can find ways to get that same thing uh without paying a dime then you know it's gonna happen right and it's it is, so widespread you know like they can send letters all they want but how are you going to stop something that especially younger people i mean it's like my kids will be downstairs and like what you watching they're like oh we're watching this movie i'm like wait didn't that just come out this weekend you know like they're watching on their phones it's like what the hell like it's uh you know it's just so widespread that like how are you going to stop that you know, like, right. are you, are you going to create a police force of tens of millions of people to stop it? Because I think that's kind of the way you would. And and so, you know, I, I think Disney Plus, I feel like, kind of at least gets it a little bit because they give you and Apple Plus too, because they they offer these at a price that you like. Think, okay, I I think I paid like. I'm paying because I paid for a year of Disney Plus, so it's like a little over six bucks a month, you know. So if you think about that, you're like, well, you know, it's like uh, getting a a coffee at Starbucks, you know, or something that they give you at a price where you're, it's not really prohibitive. But then, like you like you said, when you add these up and add them up, well, now you got Netflix, you got Disney Plus, I got Amazon Prime. Uh, I got Netflix like all together then that kind of does add up and, and you're right that especially for like I I have a job my wife has a job we have money we can afford these things but when you're like a college kid and you don't have money well yeah I'm going to just I can find it a pirated version somewhere for free I'm not I don't need to spend all that money
0: Yeah and you know I think in a lot of cases they're going to Perhaps wake up to the idea that and maybe they're doing this already i don't know but bundling some of these services Mm -hmm. for a reduced price because i did notice that hulu is being bundled with something else and of course they're probably all owned by some big mega conglomerate and and they can afford to do that Uh, but one thing i did do some research on a while back and, and certainly i'm not a lawyer so don't you know, take what I'm saying in in that vein, but downloading an actual episode of a TV show or downloading an actual movie to your computer is, of course, illegal. Some of you that know what torrents are, and I'm not going to go into the explanation, but if you're getting your TV episode or your movie via torrent, that is clearly illegal too. However, there are a lot of sites out there where you can stream it, where you're not downloading it, you're just simply streaming yeah.
1: well, it. Well, actually, like on Netflix, you can download, like, like I think, like two hours of content to your device.
0: Right, but I mean some of these sketchy sites that oh, I've yeah. probably pointed, uh, right. <laughs> pointed out to you that it's not illegal as far as I can determine for me to watch it from this sketchy site it's illegal for them to host it so they can be gone after but as a you know somebody that's just streaming it apparently that's not illegal if that makes any sense but like i said i'm not a lawyer so don't don't quote me on that you know i'm not surprised that fred is a little bit ambivalent about the series you know as he points out the things you know that we said some of it's a little slow and then it gets really fast at the end. so, you know, I, I, I guess it is what it is. We, we're going to kind of get away from the magic realm for a while and head back more to science fiction. But uh, anything else about Fred's feedback you want to bring up?
1: Uh, no, well, I thank you for the uh, info about the his dark materials uh, because I have not done any research into seeing that. So that was good to know that they've uh they filmed the first three seasons already and so it appears that they're going to do have the series cover all three books which is awesome yeah though i can't find my copies of the books so which i'm not is not uh, awesome
0: you know i guess you kind of have to do that when you have children as principal characters uh, because children have this tendency to like get bigger yeah and their voices change in some cases so i i guess it makes more sense you've got the crew you've got everybody there just knock them out and then release them each year yeah. so yeah that's a series that i'm really enjoying uh, and again i can never remember what night it drops on HBO. The mondays the mondays okay yeah so there's a new episode then yes so all right, well, listen, we will go ahead and leave it there. That's going to do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. want to thank you for joining us. love to hear what you think about Jonathan Strange, Mr. Norrell. I, I keep bringing up Dark because there's a lot of stuff out there on the Internet if you are interested. Uh, anything else going on in genre TV, I encourage you to join the Facebook group. If you're already a member, you can bring people on board. Emails, go to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website or just record your own clip and send it as fred does each week as an attachment and we'll be back next week to discuss the series premiere of the youtube offering impulse but until then i'm off mr black i need to find a hanged man